0: Glory! Glory! Amen and amen! Hey, I'm Ailish and this is Jezebel and Friends, where my friend Helen and I are going to share some of our stories from Catholic school.
1: Hey, I'm Helen and to give you some context, we attended a K through 8th grade Catholic school and then an all-girls Catholic high school. This episode will be about our crazed co-curricular programs and activities that were called specials. We didn't know if specials was like a commonly known term, so we just wanted to specify.
0: Also, this episode will contain some very dark themes, but at this time we aren't able to predict them yet. (laughs) <laughs> but this morning, Helen said she had some really dark shit to get off her chest, so I guess we'll be addressing that here and now.
1: Well, I think it's been, like, a month since we did this, almost. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about you,
0: but I had a pretty crazy past few weeks. <laughs> Not in a good way. Yeah. <laughs> but I want to hear about the stuff that I need to be caught up on
1: in your life. <laughs> it's nothing short of (laughs) disordered (laughs) um oh my god where to even start is it like good or bad (laughs) no it's bad it's like i've been like (laughs) severely mentally ill (laughs) awesome I wish I didn't, like, care so much about this that it's, like, making me so distraught all the time. But a lot of it is just me remembering stuff from our experiences in Catholic school that is just, like, so painful because it was so wrong and there was so much harm being done and, like, such abuses of power and just so much racism like that's what I'm really thinking about the things that so many of us accepted as normal and it just scares me
0: like wait can you tell me like some of the things you were remembering
1: well it actually it honestly started when we uploaded our last episode I was on my trip in St. Croix and I had so much fun, and we were there for a week. Um, I was there with my mans, and um, for some reason, and I've kind of figured it out the reason now, like the last day, or the second to last day, we were just sitting on the beach, and it was so relaxing, and I just started having all of these like flashbacks, I guess you would call them, just thinking one thing after the other, and This time, it was just all about the racism. Like, and there are so many things, and I can share some of them, but I could just go on forever about, like, the horrible stuff I witnessed. And I wasn't a victim in that situation, but it's, like, I have so much, like, sadness and concern about it now just on a greater level I was sitting on the beach and all these like terrible memories just start coming up and I just start feeling like so sick. Like I get so nauseous. I honestly stayed nauseous for like weeks and just got like really resentful of like my family because like I have siblings who like still go to Catholic school and I just like think it's really wrong to give the Catholic institution, any money. The values it has are just like so offensive to me on a really personal level. And I was just like really angry. I was thinking like what triggered that and I kind of pieced it together that like I had seen a really disturbing image on Twitter. I follow this man. His name on Twitter is Lakota Man. He's an indigenous American man who is like an activist on Twitter and he shares a lot and he had shared a picture of mini handcuffs that the Catholic Church had used on Indigenous children at the residential schools. Oh my god. That's what set off this, like, whole thing for me. I, like, retweeted it a couple times, actually, and, like, I realized, like, that was the thing that, like, that sparked all of this. Not that I was really in denial about it at this point, but I guess maybe to some level I was because... I was just, like, really, like, accepting and, like, going deep into just picking apart, like, the systems that were in place historically up until now. And just feeling really angry that the Catholic Church is still, like, committing cultural genocide by, like, their colonizer ways, I just can't stomach it and like I'm just so mad like that my family is part of this group that's like anti-gay anti-abortion that's not a joke like it's not not that any of them think it's a joke but like the implications are so serious like we just lost the rights to abortion because the catholic church and other christian churches and other groups but they're empowering this like really sinister I don't even know what to call it um well I think the thing that like I have
0: issues with too of like people in my life and family who are still so strongly affiliated with the church is their argument is like yes all of that is wrong but like as me personally as a Catholic those are beliefs that certain people have I personally don't have those and it's like but do you understand that by still having such close ties and like so much of your life still being part of the catholic church like there's strength in numbers and by continuing to like be affiliated with it even though you're not standing with those specific values you're standing with them in a way that still gives them power and still gives them a platform and still makes it possible for them to exercise so much control in areas where they shouldn't have control at all. I definitely know what you're saying in terms of being like really frustrated with your own family and people in your life because it's like if you can acknowledge that the Catholic Church being involved in taking away our right and access to abortion is wrong. Like, why is that not enough to, like, pull you away from it? What specifically has to happen? Like, how bad does it have to get before you're like, oh, I'm done? Because in our eyes, something like that, that's enough for us to be like, done deal, I'm out. How much worse does it have to get before you're like, I just don't know why older people in our lives and even some young people like the threshold is so high for them to keep putting up with like more and more shit from the Catholic church because I feel like the Catholic church also when they do really fucked up things like that they're they just hide behind things like charity it's like yeah well we did this really bad thing but look at all this good that we're doing it's like it's not like a balancing act it's like either commit to like being morally correct or commit to being fucking
1: evil yeah that's a really good point about like how bad does it have to get before you'll leave and then it's like it doesn't match up with your personality and like your personal values so why are you staying in it like i think like there's a level of brainwashing that we don't talk about enough with the catholic church because it's like with like full-blown cults like scientology those things it's like the brainwashing is talked about a lot and it's like the catholic church isn't to that like level it doesn't do it in that way it's like more like subtle and like sugar-coated but i just see like when I'm having conversations with family members and I've had a lot of like painful conversations with family members and like, I don't want to say who, but, (laughs) but like, I was just looking at this person, like feeling so betrayed that they were defending the Catholic church. And basically it seemed like that person didn't feel like they had like, an option to do anything else and like they just weren't able to see like you really can leave a bad situation like it's hard but you can do it i feel like there's not enough emphasis
0: and like acknowledgement put on the fact that people who have grown up with The church and religion and Catholicism being so much a part of like their everyday and like their family and friends' life and social circle. Like, if you're walking away from that, you're absolutely going to have some type of like identity crisis, or you're going to be like calling a lot of things into question because it's so much a part of like who you are. But I feel like when people get so offended when you even question their belief, It obviously comes from, like, a place of fear, and that's why they're, like, rushing to defend it and protect it, because they're like, this is me. Like, this is everything about me. But, I mean, it's the same as when you, like almost kind of grow out of something you realize like this just isn't for me anymore and this goes back to like catholic guilt and catholic shame and whatever and it's a problem much like a cult that like so much of people's identities are wrapped up in this culture that when things start to go left they're like i'm not going to listen to any of that like i have to protect what's mine and like what's me Even if it's at the expense of, like, all of these other people being, like, marginalized or attacked or, like, their rights being taken away. And, like, this psychology behind that is... It's fascinating, but it's also scary. Because, again, how much more has to happen before, like, you've hit your limit and you're like, okay, like, I know this is so much a part of me, but, like, I cannot stand for this anymore. Because I I would consider the racism and, like... Not seeing men and women and people who identify differently as... Like, they don't see people as equals. It's so scary. And I'm, like, so happy that you, like, call it a cult because it is a cult. Like, the way that they're able to control people and have, like, such a hand in government. But we're... I want to go back to, like, your time in St. Croix when you were having these flashbacks where, like, specific situations popping into your head as you kept remembering new ones yeah it was Was it stuff- about like
1: like other kids we went to school with or like teachers i can just share some of like the w- more disturbing ones um and like we'll just we'll just beep these people's names out but so the earliest one i can remember was in third grade i think it was hot lunch or something that required other parents being in the room. And we weren't in the same class. And I think it was third grade. Maybe it was a different grade. So I don't know if you even know that this happened, but maybe you do. But so there were very few black kids in our class, in our entire school. Two of the black boys from our class got expelled and only one white kid ever got expelled. I'm talking about.
0: Oh, I didn't know they got expelled. Yeah,
1: they got expelled something was going on during hot lunch where was making everybody laugh and just being so funny and a white blonde mom came over and just started screaming at him like unhinged screaming at him to the point where I thought she was gonna like hurt him and it was she had no jurisdiction to do that She was not the parent in charge. She was not the lunch parent ever. She was just there. And she did that. She felt like she had the authority to do that. And it was so bad. Like, it felt violent. And I actually broke down and, like, started sobbing. Because, like, it was so upsetting to me at the time.
0: When we were in third grade. Like, as it was happening.
1: Yeah. And, like, I do... I, that's a very rare occurrence for me, even as a kid, to, like, break down sobbing at school. Like, I never did stuff like that.
0: I feel like I never saw you cry as a kid.
1: Yeah, it really, like, took something, like, really scary. And that's just, like, it felt so bad. This was not just a parent, like, reprimanding a kid. This was totally uncalled for, and what
0: was she saying to him
1: just that he was like behaving so badly
0: it's like go get the teacher like what's your problem
1: like this is you're not in charge here i mean i remember during like learning about black history the very few things we did learn about at saint balthazar in like elementary school i remember when teachers were reading books about like Martin Luther King Jr., Rosa Parks, and they would, like, try to explain racism and segregation of that time to us by being, like, like naming black kids in our class by name and being, like, they wouldn't have been allowed to, like, do this or that. That's
0: so weird
1: yeah it made me uncomfortable like that's why i remember it but like i had no idea i wonder if any of those
0: kids went home and said anything to their parents and were like yeah i was like singled
1: out during a history lesson i mean i remember it happening to what the fuck brief interjection um the teacher from fenwick john quinn who i got fired used to scream the n-word he would like this is so disturbing so massive trigger warning he would say to people if we were living in the time of slavery and I was your master like I could f- you like how would you feel if I f- you? another incident is at Fenwick I remember when when I was a junior because I transferred I was in the all honors senior English class and it was an all-white class Um, one or two people I thought might identify as Latinx, but I'm really not sure. An article came out in the Sun-Times that was like a really famous author, writer, poet, who was a black man who had went to Fenwick. He spoke out about the racism he experienced at Fenwick. And in response to this article coming out, they decided to come to our classroom because we could be considered like the smartest kids in the school. The creepy ass pal pasty priest, he was someone who wasn't helpful at all in me trying to report John Quinn and he's still the president there. Um, He came to our classroom and asked all of us what we thought about the situation and almost every single white kid in the classroom and the people who I thought could be Latinx all said were saying really racist things about black people and they were saying well if he wanted to go have more diversity maybe he should have gone to like a public school um everyone was just saying no no like Fenwick's not racist you know Did they have anyone mediating this conversation? It was the freaking priest who literally, he reminds me of Kip from Napoleon Dynamite. He's so fucking weird. He's a freak. Um, So people were just saying really racist things. And like, I was just getting increasingly more and more disturbed and like I didn't agree with what they were saying so I actually said like you know I'm new here I'm a transfer student I have a perspective of going to a school that was I mean slightly more diverse at the time I said it was more diverse um and I do see a level of racism here and like I encourage them to like think about the reasons why the black kids might stay together like they don't feel welcomed with the other groups and I said all this and I was so nervous and I was like shaking and everyone got so defensive about it my old crusty racist teacher at the time who was constantly sweating and like just disgusting Ew. <laughs> got super like mad at me and like was trying to shut down like the whole conversation I was like okay well that's just what I think like you guys asked for our opinions the next day that teacher comes in and tells me I still think you were wrong about what you said yesterday she said, my family, you know, we had we have people who used to say the N-word, and that was just normal. They weren't racist. Mm, and no. I just didn't say anything. But so then, fast forward, I was supposed to go on to the AP English class for the next year because that was the only next level of options. Even though I had, like, a B in her class, she would not approve me to go to the AP English class. So I had to take honors sophomore English, which just, like, made no As sense. As a senior? Yeah. Also, I have a question
0: about them coming into your class. What class? It was an English class? hmm And there were more honors English classes. Like, yeah, that wasn't the only one for that grade.
1: No, it was the only one for that grade. Okay. Well, I did think. they go into other classes or did they just go into I don't yours? know, but it was phrased like, you guys are, like, the smartest kids in the school and we, like, really value your opinion. Um, and actually, this is so crazy. If anyone, like, doesn't believe that this happened. So, so there was, like, another cult experience at this awful place called Kairos. It's the stupidest fucking thing ever. But... People write you letters on it and one of the kids who had been in the class with me was like commended me for doing that. How many students of color were in that class when they came in? Everybody looked white. Two people like based on like their names and stuff. I They could be Latinx but they also could be white. Like I don't know.
0: It feels really funny for them to go into a class that is majority white students and ask them if they think the school is racist
1: well yeah so that's pretty much I've been in like a really dark place and my social media has been so unhinged like my twitter has been like so concerning someone actually who I work with who's like um like a middle-aged man who's a lawyer he like reached out to me and was like I've seen your tweets and like I hope you're okay
0: (laughs) you're like I'm not but thank you for checking
1: yeah that's basically what I said and then actually he like encouraged me to come out to, like, this social event, um, and I went, and it really, like, brought up my spirit, because I was just with, like, like activists and really progressive people, and, like, I ended up talking to this woman who was my teacher in this um, anti-racism class called Race Conscious Dialogues, which I highly recommend. You can actually take it from anywhere. It's over Zoom, um, but my teacher who had led my cohort was there and then she ended up telling me like she went to catholic school and like it was just really comforting to like talk to someone who's even older than my parents and they're like evolved (laughs) some of my immediate family members have decided to no longer be on social media and i'm pretty sure it's because of like the shit i've been saying it's disappointing but I do just feel really like relieved and proud that I'm standing on like this side um because like I just have my whole life like I've been confused about shit like really not trusting my gut sense of right and wrong and it's just like I know without a doubt like I'm right about this and honestly like my family has made small changes it's just not as fast as I want it to be but like my family has not gone back to church and like we used to go to mass every Sunday like no matter what up until I was 18 even after I was 18 there was still like a massive pressure to go and obviously I would never go on my own because I've always hated church Um, because honestly, it's because the men there like they really fucking bother me. (laughs) Yeah, they're disgusting. (laughs) So, anyways, my family hasn't gone back to church since the pandemic. Even like on Easter, Christmas, they don't go to church, and that's a really big deal. Uh, Yeah, I would say so. Do you think anyone has
0: reached out to your mom or even both of your parents and been like, "Hey, why haven't you been at church?"
1: I don't know, actually probably um my mom did get really disappointed with the priest and kind of had like a falling out because it wasn't like a blowout fight or anything but this was kind of just the final straw after the summer of 2020 my mom wanted to do something like implement some type of program within the parish for like an anti-racism training or an anti-racism book club or something like that and it just he wouldn't agree to it because he thought he was gonna
0: lose like the base that is consistently coming and donating right even though they're old as fucking gonna die in like two minutes
1: yeah, he thought they would basically be like offended by it, and I just found out. So it's funny, I brought up race-conscious dialogues earlier. The woman who runs it, her name is Dot Roach. She's an awesome activist, and before the summer of 2020, before a lot of the people in our church like even knew about the Black Lives Matter movement, which is upsetting they were gonna have her come do like a workshop and the pto like felt offended by the stuff she was saying and they ended up blocking her from coming and it's like i guarantee like i know her um i even know her kids like the stuff she was saying it shouldn't have offended anyone Aside, I mean, aside from the people who are actually, like, experiencing the racism, because that's offensive.
0: Is there anyone who could override the PTO and be like, no, this is happening? I have no idea how it works. Jesus Christ. Did you ever find out why specifically
1: they felt it was going to not be appropriate or something? I think they, like, felt, and I'm just hearing this so, like, secondhand, but- I think they felt like she was mean. I'd highly doubt that was true. (laughs) Like, yeah. She's not. Like, she just cares about this, as she should. Sometimes the truth
0: isn't going to feel great to hear. (laughs) Like, it's not going to feel great to hear that you've probably participated in some really, like, racist activities or been a part of something that has a lot of racism at its core and foundation like it's not gonna feel great it's gonna feel like an attack but if you can be like oh I understand why this is wrong and like this is how we change it like again it it, I feel like it comes it all comes back to like this fear of like losing their sense of self and they're like this is so much a part of my identity that as soon as you start picking things apart like i'm gonna lose everything i know maybe that would be a good thing (laughs) that's so sad so wait your mom had a falling out with the priest because
1: of that not because of that but like my mom after the summer of 2020 went to him and was having like I think they even had, like, meetings. There was, like, months of correspondence. And he was just, like, sugarcoating it every time, not committing to it. And eventually, I think she just gave up because it became clear he wasn't willing to. Has he reached out to her at all? I don't think so. Something really weird happened with him recently. So I went to church recently because a family friend died and the mass was at St. Balthazar. Afterwards, he came up to my family and he didn't acknowledge me at all. Yeah, I remember you telling me this. He just acted like you weren't there. And he said to my brother, who's in eighth grade at St. Balthazar, he was like, oh, anything to get out of school, right? And it's like, My brother was actually really close with our family friend that passed away and he was really sad about it. And then the priest just said something so rude. Did your parents comment on that after? Yeah, they were like, what the hell? Like, that was not okay. Because my brother was like, he was really sad. We all were. But my brother especially had like a really special relationship with the friend. That was the first
0: person called when he found out he got into yes that's
1: i'm sorry like that man is so stunted he could have known how close our families were because we were always like at church together in the same circles and like doing stuff together and like he really should have known how close we were so he didn't even like look in your direction no, he did not say anything to me and I was like, honestly, up until that incident, I wasn't like going to beat his ass or anything. I was going to be nice. <laughs> but if I ever see him around town, he has another thing coming. You better fucking watch out. <laughs> One time Henry and I were at Jewel buying all of this beer <laughs> and we saw him. Did he see you guys? Yeah, and he looked in our cart, and he was, like, having a party. Yeah. (laughs) Want to come? Um, Oh, my God. Okay, well, are you ready to, like, get into the episode? Yeah, I'm more than ready. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay, so I'm really curious to know if other people called them specials or what. But we're talking about, like, music, art, Jib, bam.
0: People definitely didn't call them specials because I feel like as we got older, I mentioned, I said specials because it was so much a part of just what we talked about at St. that I was talking to someone about it who didn't go to St. and I was like, yeah, like, for specials. And they were like, what's specials? And I'm like, like, gym and art. And they're like, why don't you just say that? (laughs) Like, they put this very special name tag on specials to make it seem special when you're actually supposed to be learning about, like, music and art and having physical education. But they made that seem
1: like a treat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which is funny <laughs> I'm looking at our list of teachers now and I'm realizing actually several people were physically violent towards <laughs> kids
0: <laughs> um, who is the first person you're thinking of Um,
1: Miss Devilport
0: hold on I'm pulling up the notes Miss <laughs> Devilport she definitely was but I know this is wrong to say she favored the girls so I'm
1: fine with that (laughs) I'll allow it so she would like snap rubber bands on people's (laughs) wrists like if you were bad she would like put a rubber band around your wrist and snap it was she allowed to teach the younger younger children Yeah, she taught us in kindergarten. I remember because she would come to the classroom. That's not good. Oh, she was supervised. Okay.
0: (laughs) That's good.
1: She also called me a dumb
0: blonde. I think I do remember that. As we got older, Miss Devilport loved the girls so much that she offered to do like a lunchtime choir session which we all did, our entire friend group joined choir and we would go there like, what was it, like twice a week or something and we would eat lunch in her room and practice whatever songs. There was like a, a Christmas concert and we went to her church and
1: performed and it was so much fun. Oh
0: my god, I totally
1: remember when we went to her church. It was awesome. It was like a storefront church and it was it was really fun. And there was like food after like they
0: had like a potluck after do you remember
1: that yeah (laughs) yeah I remember I loved it and like the music at her church was lit like it was so
0: good like we were going kind of balls to the wall like singing but that's why we loved Going to choir during lunch with her because we had so much fun. Like, we all got to hang out together. It was just the girls. Like, we didn't want to hang out with boys at that point. So it was, like, awesome to just be siloed away. And choir was not open to the boys.
1: Well, then she was replaced by Mr. Bible Humper. (laughs) (laughs) That
0: was... They were such polar opposites, if you think about it, because nobody would fuck with Miss Devilport. And if they did, they would metaphorically get their ass beat and handed to them. Whereas Mr. Bible Humper, if anybody messed with him, it became like a game, like a personal challenge to every person that would mess with him. <laughs> and after Miss Devilport left and mr bible came that's when like the entire music education went out the door because any lesson plan he had for us never we never got through it because our class was so disruptive and he had absolutely no grasp on any class
1: he could not control the class at all to the point where we would be going so crazy, like throwing things, screaming, being so bad, banging on the piano. <laughs> there, there was
0: a boy I because I think we had assigned seating, so assigned seating at one point because he thought that was gonna make some type of difference, and. The few boys that I sat around who were basically the ringleaders in messing with Mr. Bible Humper would make it a personal challenge to see how many textbooks they could throw out the window in one class period. So we had these like plastic or not plastic. They were like soft cover books that we would sing out of. And he probably had a stack of like 50. We were a class of like 25, 26. And someone would just seek, like, try to take one when he wasn't looking, pass it back, and one of the boys who was sitting next to the window would throw it out the window. So it, like, and he was so out to lunch constantly, he just had no awareness ever, that I'm sure to someone walking by, you just see books coming out of the top floor window. And. Who found those later on and was like, fuck, like, these are Mr. Bible Humper's. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I feel like we should talk about boys pranking Mr. Bible Humper and the involvement with the downstairs office.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, well, like, the cruelest prank people would do to him was they would actually tack his chairs. (laughs) And he would sit up <laughs> and then he, he would stand up and just be like so disheveled and like stunned. And he would like slowly pull the <laughs> tack out. And then I don't even know what would happen next. Like he would call the office. Yeah.
0: Before we get to the office, there's one more situation I want to bring up that happened. Countless times, there was one boy who, whenever we would have to watch a movie about music or he would be playing some type of concert on the TV, this boy would find the remote and, like, because all we it was like a VHS TV, so all that had to happen was the VHS would get rewound and then the TV would turn on, it would play like there was nothing fancy happening. You could control the volume. This boy would get the remote. And sit somewhere like very unassuming in the class and would turn the TV on and off at random times. And Mr. Bible Humper would be like, what is going on? Like, where is the remote? He didn't even consider the possibility that somebody might have the remote. He thought the TV was like broken. But then (laughs) this boy took it one step further and started like turning the volume up and down <laughs> up and <laughs> and down. or it would like rewind it or pause it it just got <laughs> to the point where mr bible humper was like okay we're not watching movies anymore because you guys clearly can't handle it which was true god
1: that was so insane so insane well this was so weird one time the class was just being so bad, and sometimes he would just, like, sit there and, and stare. like, stare in dismay. Do you remember when he would
0: sit on that um stool, and he would, like, put a leg up, and there was just way too much that we could see?
1: Yeah, his pants would be, like, completely tight, and we could see, like, the outline of his entire sack and penis. And kids would be like, oh, my God, we see his penis! <laughs> <laughs> and he would just sit there with his legs completely spread open not saying anything just staring into
0: space and he would think staring into space would like get us to quiet down but we thought it was ho- so hysterical because he looked so funny wait oh, do you remember God. when he sang the the chicago bears song acoustic? <laughs> He would get up there with his guitar and go, bear down. (laughs) And we would have to be quiet.
1: (laughs) Oh my God. We could not help ourselves from laughing when he sang.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It was so bad.
1: (laughs) I remember one time he went off on us and was like, I could be working at a public school making way more money. But I believe in a Catholic education. They're well, like, well, that's on you, so. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I don't really think a public school would
0: hire someone like Definitely you. Definitely not. Absolutely not. That's the thing. It's like, I feel like most of the teachers at Catholic school tried to get into public school and they just, like, couldn't. There was a teacher at Fenwick. Every year she would apply to OPRF and, like, OPRF was fully staffed at that point I don't know what it's like now but like they weren't hiring because they already had like a great roster of teachers and she was like every year she was like it's my dream to like teach at a public school like OPRF and (laughs) ran into her a few years ago and was like oh like hey how are you like what's up and she was like I'm still at fucking Fenwick like I'm trying to get into OPRF but like it's it's not happening. And she was like a honestly a great teacher. A lot of people liked her. She I think she would have been great at OPRF, but <laughs> Who should we talk about next? <sighs> um I think while we're still on the topic of music, we should go straight to band. Oh, okay. Gomer. Good. Well, let's just call him Gomer, not even <coughs> Mr. Gomer.
1: Yeah. Okay
0: so when we got to be how old are you in fifth grade 10 or 11 that's when we had the opportunity (laughs) and privilege to join the school band and do you remember how big of a deal it was to like try out the different instruments and decide which one you were going to commit to playing and learning by the time we hit eighth grade, there were maybe, like, four people left in band. Like, nobody stayed with band. But in years prior, I remember thinking, like, oh, when you're in fifth through eighth grade, like, everybody's going to be in band. It was a big thing. Like, band was a thing. And then I feel like for our grade, we completely abandoned it. We were like, we don't care. <laughs>
1: So, I remember, like, I was so excited to go and, like, pick out my instrument, and they had, like, a session where you could come with your parents, and this is so classic me. <laughs> I chose to play the trumpet I feel like I know where solely... This is Solely because the trumpet teacher was like this young, pretty, cool blonde lady who I just thought was so cool, and she would—I could tell she would have like spray tans, and they'd be like coming off.
0: She like dressed (laughs) really nicely, and was like she presented herself really nicely, which was rare because nobody looked good.
1: (laughs) Same felt as yeah, she was not what you would expect to see in in a Catholic school. And so I strictly just chose the trumpet because I wanted to hang out with her. And I thought she seemed really cool. Was she? Yeah, she was. Like, she would kind of, like, overshare stuff with me. And, like, I remember she showed me a picture of her Halloween costume. And it was, like, really revealing. <laughs> and, like, it was, it, she was one of those like german beer girls um oh God. so i was like i can't believe you like showed me this um and then like she told me she was living with her boyfriend and she's like yeah my mom's not really okay with us doing it outside of marriage but we just like don't have very much money and i and so i thought she was pretty cool yeah <laughs> she was the like trumpeteer at the arlington racetrack i was not so lucky i played the clarinet
0: and i chose that strictly because like and i was like obviously i'm not gonna play the saxophone i was intrigued by the trumpet for the same reason that you were but i was like i can't play the trumpet at all so it's not gonna work um my clarinet teacher i hated him like he wasn't mean or anything, but it, it was just not – he was weird, so it was never, like, comfortable to be in lessons. And, like, I would still go to all of them, but I would never practice, so I would show up so unprepared. And then sometimes I just wasn't following along with the lesson, and we would just, like, sit there. <laughs> I thought he seemed really nice. (laughs) He was really nice, but he was awkward. And I feel like when you're, like, 10 or 11, kids are awkward on their own. So it was just not great. I, like, could always just never wait to get out
1: out of there. (laughs) Yeah, I cannot picture you enjoying that. I hated
0: the one-on-ones. And then when we would go during lunch, I would be terrified because I was like, of course I didn't practice. So I don't know <laughs> what I'm playing. And Mr. or er, Gomer had one of the worst tempers <laughs> you've ever seen in your life. Didn't he like throw a desk at a kid? <laughs>
1: He would get so mad that he would throw stuff off the stage cuz we would practice on the stage. So he would like throw off his like conductor stand or like kick a chair. Like it was that is so inappropriate. Yeah.
0: And he would scream and he would like s- like slam things on his desk or he'd make really loud noises when he was yelling and I was like is he going to hit someone? And again, it's like for 5th grade band, who cares? Seriously? Who cares? Nobody's going to this concert and being like, wow, that was such a waste of my time. It's a waste of time regardless of whether the music was good or bad.
1: Oh my God. And there was,
0: there was, (laughs) so Gomer, and then do you remember Mr.
1: Yeah, wasn't that your teacher?
0: No. Mr. was like a bald man. Oh!
1: There were so many clarinet
0: kids that there might have been like multiple teachers for the clarinet.
1: Oh my God, yeah, I don't oh my god now i remember your teacher was just that like weird guy yeah he had like brown hair he
0: like he just looked like you're an average guy but he was weird yeah he was very strange yeah i remember him now i thought you had mr (laughs) mr was so chill and i feel like even he would be disturbed when gomer would start throwing shit (laughs) i'm
1: sorry i just can't get past (laughs) the fact that we're just calling him gomer For the listener's reference, we have this list of like funny Bible names that we're just like <laughs> pulling
0: stuff. Who is off of. Gomer in the Bible?
1: It has a little description. It says he Hosea 1 okay. 3, so he married Gomer, daughter of Diblim, and she conceived and bore him a son. Hmm. Oh God. Yeah, but Gomer was incredibly unhinged and had serious anger management problems, and I feel like we were just, like, a punching bag for him. Oh, yeah, for sure. He would be really red and sweaty and would just be, like, verbally assaulting
0: kids. <laughs> um, I just added someone else to the gym section because I feel like he might be important to touch on. <laughs> Oh What's his name going to be? Because he was straight up like a thug. Like, he reminded me
1: of Eminem. Alish, <laughs> <laughs> I looked him up recently on Facebook. And? He's married, has two kids, he's completely bald, and doesn't ha- have the same energy that he used to. Okay. Wait, but you know there was, like, something really weird that happened? Yes, but can't remember who it was with. It was with
0: oh yes that's so fucked
1: i really think it had to be like a like a an assault situation yeah because i don't know if she was 18 there's no way she
0: was i feel like she might have been like 17 maybe yeah didn't she even i could be making this up but didn't she post something about it
1: i like think so yeah i'm like remembering that and she's married to someone now who's like also from st right
0: i don't know i'm going on facebook i haven't kept up with her like at all (laughs) i typed in facebook and pam Stenzel's facebook page (laughs) came (laughs) um yeah i totally remember that my parents hated him they were like there's something off about him (laughs)
1: One time he asked me if my parents loved me. What?
0: (laughs) Was he joking?
1: Kind of, but, like, also not really. (laughs) There's stuff I need to tell you. So should we move on to talking about um, Mr. Ham? Yeah. Okay, so Mr. Ham was the gym teacher who was, like, a staple ingredient to the fabric of saint balthazar like
0: quite possibly you could call him the backbone of the school (laughs) everything went to shit when he left
1: yes he's like an example of someone who was like a deeply flawed and questionable person But he was such a good teacher and he had really good classroom management and like, you're right, he didn't play favorites. Um, Something
0: else that my mom always would bring up about him that she was like, this is something that as a parent meant a lot to me is he knew every kid's name. I can speak to how big of a deal that is because we had teachers that we would have for two or three years Who never knew my name. Like, every year. Like, Miss never knew my name. Miss never knew my name. Which, that makes sense. Because I don't think she, like, even knew what day it was ever. Like, she (laughs) was a moron. But, yeah. Like, there were teachers who I would have on a daily basis for years who wouldn't know my name. And we would go to gym, like, once a week. Twice. Twice a week. He knew everyone's name. That's crazy. Yeah, in the whole school. That's crazy. And sometimes he would be walking down the hall. You wouldn't even be in gym class. And if you passed him in the hall,
1: he would be like, hey, Helen. Like, he knew (laughs) everyone's name. (laughs) That's crazy. And he knew everyone's family, too. Like, he knew everyone's – he knew everyone whose siblings were whose, whose cousins were whose. He knew everyone's parents. And this is the funniest story ever. So – my mom refused to call teachers by their, like, Mrs. Mr. So-and-so. She's like, I'm going to call this person by their first name. Yeah. So she would always call Mr. Ham by his first name. <laughs> and I guess it really bothered him. <laughs> because one time he said to my, in my brother class, he's like, <laughs> most parents call me Mr mr ham but not his mom she calls me john let's say his first name was and it was a really like you could tell he had like a big ego or like some yeah that was some toxic masculinity coming out and um, he was going to be respected <laughs> You're so right. He was going to be respected. And for the most part, he earned it. But it's just like, okay, relax. Like, she's treating you like a human, not like a teacher. Yeah. Like, she knows that you have a
0: life outside of these four walls. <laughs> or do but you? The gym, <laughs> the gym was so iconic. Like, I feel like the Balthazar gym was, it was, like, cool.
1: Yeah. And he really was there, like, 24-7. Like, in the summer, you could go there anytime, any day, and join in the games, like, for a really reasonable price. And so he gave people, like, a place to go. Mm -hmm. He also,
0: like, obviously, I know the gym games we would play, like, you can play them anywhere else. I've played them at day camps. I've played them at other schools but he would put his own spin on them so we'd play like battleship hand hockey capture the flag but he would have his own mr ham spin on it that when you would play those games anywhere else you'd be like why aren't we using these rules and then as you got older you realized those were just mr ham's rules,
1: (laughs) his rendition of the game He would tell us the most, like, absurd stories and just act, like, act out in a way that was totally bizarre. Like, he was putting on a little play for us. Yeah. Um, So, I remember a handful of things he said that were just really funny. My brother told us that one time he said, I've got a new girlfriend from Cuba. She's got money. (laughs) he said that (laughs) yes
0: um i okay i'm like replaying all of the things he would say during gym that would make it so much fun right now do you remember when we do relay races where we would like run around the gym He would, like, Mm -hmm. do a countdown so that everyone could start at the same time. And then he would do... He would say things like, go, 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 go. Be careful now. (laughs) Like, he would have little sayings that he would pepper in during games or, like, when we would just be running around the gym doing absolutely nothing. And during Battleship, Battleship was, like, there were four people who stood in the circle with like balls like they were supposed to be cannonballs and you would throw them at people as they ran across to get to the other side if you got hit you had to stay there and try to tag people but you would come up with your own team names and it could be anything so like the boys would over be would always be something stupid like the ninjas or something and girls would always be like the purple puppies and then (laughs) anytime he called and he would ask for your names before the game started he would remember all of them and he would call groups to go over so if it would be like the ninjas he would act something out before and he would like it would be something related to ninjas and then he'd call the ninjas the ninjas would run across and then purple puppies would go across he would go arr. and then you go the purple puppies and you would run across
1: and he'd be like arr, arr. <laughs> okay so this is the most iconic thing he would do. He would run like doing this little like puppy trot. Basically where he'd put his arms like out in front of him like a little puppy and then he would shake his butt yeah. and be like arr, 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 and he'd be shaking his butt. <laughs> Oh my and god. And he would wear
0: sport shorts that were kind of short <laughs> and he had like this huge like pot belly. And, but the thing that was also very confusing about him is like sometimes you would go up to the gym, like we'd get there 5 or 10 minutes early, and Mr. Ham would be running laps around the gym. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay,
1: he looked really unhealthy, honestly. <laughs> He he always was, like, had a red face and bloodshot eyes, and it's like, was he just drunk all the time? Like, that would make so much sense.
0: Oh, my God.
1: (laughs) Sometimes he would tell us really personal things about himself, like how he, like, couldn't find a woman. And like how his life was like really lonely and like how oh my god I just remembered he <laughs> Do you remember he worked at one of the other Catholic schools in the area at before he came to St. Balthazar? No. And apparently the day that he he either quit or got fired and he told us that he like took all of these like glass plates that they had there and like threw them (laughs) (laughs) threw them off a balcony what
0: i don't remember that at all
1: i remember it and so do my
0: brothers that's incredible they did him so dirty because he'd been there for so long and then I know that this is him just being stubborn and back to his whole ego thing, but like they wouldn't renew his like teacher contract unless he took like a physical education like course, because I think they wanted his PE lessons to be more structured and not just like gym games all the time, which is like understandable. And there probably should have been some like nutrition education in there (laughs) somewhere. (laughs) but like they wouldn't renew his contract if he didn't take this like refresher course and he refused to take the refresher (laughs) course so he got fired or like asked to leave
1: that's bizarre he was probably ready to retire though
0: i mean that's the thing at a lot of these catholic schools people overstay their welcome and everyone (laughs) pays the price <laughs> because of like we're still talking about it today clearly some people were there way too long
1: yeah and he was there from our start to finish so there were very few teachers who actually were there that long and he was one of them Yeah. Oh. god he would just say like the most random stuff really random didn't did you have kids no
0: Do you have anything else to say about Mr. (laughs) Ham?
1: I feel like I do. I remember one time he... We were just sitting there, like, unsupervised in his class for, like, 20 minutes. And the class period's, like, 30 minutes. And he comes back. He had been in his office on the phone. And he was all, like, stressed out. And he just comes back and tells us that, like, a parent was, like fighting with him over the phone and like some parents just like don't get it i wonder who
0: who has mr ham's direct line (laughs)
1: that's what i want to know i think my parents were scared of him my dad was obsessed with him
0: (laughs) my dad would he like talk to him yeah my dad loved him that is so
1: weird (laughs) What could they have possibly talked about?
0: My dad just thought he
1: was so cool. (laughs) That's hilarious. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. He was always, like, on a diet.
0: Yeah. It was always, like, a Subway diet, though. He was, like, eating Subway every day for, like, a month or something.
1: (laughs) He really could have just been
0: drunk all the time. I know. I'm realizing that now that you're saying that. Like, that's never crossed my mind before, but yeah.
1: He didn't look well. No. Like, he looked like he could keel over at any minute. For sure.
0: He was always, like, drenched in sweat, too.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we would see him actually jogging around Oak Park. Yeah. Like, slowly. Like, it was like a shuffle. <sighs> Remember when all the parents bought him a new car yes. it was like a pt cruiser or something mm-hmm. and that was because his car like didn't work yeah which is sad that like he couldn't afford a new car based on how much he worked like he all of the teachers despite how terrible they are they deserve to make more yeah. Should we move on to art cuz there's a lot of juicy stuff in art. Oh my god, is that that's going to be like another hour. So buckle <laughs> up. I <I'm> just <laughs> kidding,
0: but <laughs> <laughs> she made me like so anxious to the point where I would be like scared to go to art. Okay,
1: so Miss Puffer was one of our art teachers and we call her that because she was always smoking like we would go to special we'd be like walking to other specials and we'd see her just like out there chain smoking and i remember one time a lighter fell out of her pocket and i felt like really scandalized
0: by it oh my god she was so gross and
1: really scary very abusive to children um she was extremely skinny and just like smoked all the time and was old and like really scary
0: yeah she was kind of like rickety too so there was something like very haunted about her that (laughs) like she if i had to like put something that reminded me of her like think of like the scariest skeleton you've ever seen and she was so mean like and that's very sad that that had to be our experience with art growing up in a school setting because art is supposed to be like an expressive space there's no wrong answers you can't do anything wrong in art it like it's your rendition of how you think something should be and come across and she had a very narrow-minded way of how she wanted to run her lessons So, everybody was on edge for the 30-35 minutes that the class took place for, which is just so sad. And from a young age, she would have us doing, like, the most impossible things. Like, we would have to, like, sketch a bird or something. And it's like, kids, kids aren't great at drawing at that young age. And she would find one thing wrong and just ridicule you in front of the entire class. And it's like... This does not matter. Like, who's going to tell her this does not matter? We would do things like paper mache, which it's like, it doesn't, you can't really do it wrong. Everyone will get there. She made that a horrible experience for people. Um, but I was telling you earlier before we like were fully recording on this call that when we were in maybe fourth or even fifth grade, there was a teacher's assistant that came to teach with her. And it was this young art-like teacher. Don't remember her name at all. But she was really fun, nice, pretty, like good with kids. The opposite. <laughs> the opposite of, wait, what's the code name? Oh, Miss Puffer. Miss Puffer. The opposite of Miss Puffer. And I remember that being the most blissful art experience because she was on her best behavior or maybe she was just so stressed with the job that some extra help took that weight off of her shoulders i don't know what it was but she miss puffer was so nice to us when this teacher's assistant came it was night and day it was like not the same person and then this teacher's assistant left because like her time was up or whatever and miss puffer went right back to being the worst person ever
1: (laughs) (laughs) tell them your theory though
0: okay i have this theory that maybe miss puffer might have low-key been like in love with the teacher's assistant because and i i'm really not trying to be funny when i say this like i just remember her turning into like the best version of herself when she was with this woman teaching like she I had never seen Mrs. Puffer laugh and smile before this woman came to teach with her. And I remember there was one day they were, they had both been working like insane, like so busy that they didn't get to eat lunch. So they ordered lunch to the school and in the middle of our lesson plan, they were trying to like snack and like eat food because they were hungry and had been working all day and They were having, like, the giggliest time. Like, they were having so much fun. And I was like, who is this woman? Like, this is not the same art teacher that we've had. It was insane. And I was like, can this teacher's assistant stay forever? Because she's, like, working wonders on Miss Puffer. And then, like I said, the teacher's assistant went away. And she went right back to just being, like, her bitter old self. So I do think... It might not have even been sexual, but I do think she, like, really loved that teacher's assistant. (laughs) And we did, too. We loved her, too.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Gosh, so many of these teachers are just, like, people that you would never expect to, like, work with children. And, like, there's no way anyone could meet this teacher and be like, yeah, this is someone who should really be, like, working with kids. Like, closely. (laughs) Yeah, I remember... Do you remember the papier-mâché ducks? Yes. I hated that. (laughs) That was so fucked. I remember that so vividly because, like, I was never good at art. I'm still not. But I actually liked my stuff I had made and she just, like, eviscerated (laughs) it and I thought it was really good. (laughs) Yeah. It's like,
0: why was she critiquing children's art? (laughs) That's the thing that made zero sense to me.
1: Did she ever give anyone, like, good feedback? Like, say that their work was good? I don't remember her ever doing that.
0: No, I don't remember it. And the thing that was kind of sad about it is if she was anywhere near giving positive feedback to someone, everyone would hear that and then try to copy that exact thing. And it's like, that's not art. Like, she should be rewarding people for just doing their own thing like it was really sad I remember one time she she gave somebody like good feedback about like something they were drawing and she had just gotten done roasting mine so I was like I'm just gonna try to copy this person (laughs) because clearly that's right which I think that would be a really good segue to the next teacher
1: that replaced her So after she left, we got a new art teacher named Mr. Rage, (laughs) and he came in. I remember one of the first things he did was start bragging to us about all of, like, the advertising work he had done, and he'd be like, made a bunch of money, way more than I'm going to make here. And it's like, in retrospect, I'm sure he had lost his job because of his personality and, like, his rage and anger issues. Yeah. Um... But, God, there's just so much to say about him.
0: The thing about him, and by no means is this healthy, is there were times that I did really like him. Like, when he was in a good mood, he could be, like, a really good, fun teacher. But with that said, when he was in a bad mood, like,
1: just get out of his way. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> things about him that seemed normal was, like, one, he had kids who also went to the school, and he lived in our neighborhood. And I remember, I think I even maybe went to his house on Halloween to trick-or-treat, just, like, by yeah. mistake. And, like, he had really good pumpkins that he had carved, like, masterpieces. But it just became really clear to us that he had, like, severe anger management problems. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah. this is the teacher who... His anger transpired into him just fully slapping a student across the face, mm-hmm. and there was no repercussions against him for doing this.
0: There was one time he got up on a desk and screamed at the whole class too, like' cause he like he was yelling at us, and it got so out of hand that by the end of his tantrum, he was on top of a desk like screaming at us,
1: yeah. He would like slam stuff into the ground, like kick stuff, like yeah. God, it's just so wrong to demonstrate that type of behavior in front of kids. Yeah. Um, were you there when he slapped the student? I don't think so. I can't remember. So this is this was actually like another instance of I believe <clears throat> racism. Because um, I don't want to give away too many details about the student um but they they were non-white they were an immigrant and they had really recently come to america like we're talking months a matter mm-hmm. of months um and this this student was really funny and well liked and he's actually gone on to be super successful now so good for him so now he makes way more money than any of us <laughs> um <laughs> But he was he, ju- he was being silly. He was singing a song. He wouldn't—he didn't stop the first few times that Mr. Rage asked him to, and Mr. Rage was just screaming at him in his face. And eventually, it just transpires into him slapping him across the face. And the student's reaction was actually kind of perfect. He was just like, "You struck a child." Like <laughs> that's what he said. <laughs> and nothing ended up happening like there was no disciplinary action at all once we got back to our homeroom everybody was talking about it and the teachers did pull out a few of like the trusted kids like the perfect students and like asked like what happened and so adults knew that he had like assaulted someone because that's what that is and Nothing happened. The Mr. Rage's really bad days, so he
0: already had no patience for it, but there was no protocol for how to give kids warnings. It was like you told a kid to stop, and if they didn't, they got punched. Like that, there was just, it escalated so fast, which I, after going to public school, I realized that in public school, there's just they just have way more steps in place to take out the possibility of there being little to no issues where something was handled inappropriately. It's like, if something is happening in the class, like one of the teachers would just like call a security guard or like call someone in the disciplinary office and be like, we need you to help us like deal with this situation right now. And like the teacher was completely taken out of it. Which, obviously, St. Balthazar didn't have the funds or resources for something like that, but I don't know. Like, I I think there are things, there are probably a handful of situations we're forgetting about now where something was completely mismanaged and a child was put in a situation where (laughs) they were
1: assaulted in one way or another. Well... The way this story ends is kind of unexpected, because Mr. Rage is no longer with us. He's no longer with us. He's no longer with us. Ailish and I actually did go to his funeral, which was, like, really nice of us to do that.
0: I know. I feel like we mostly did it for his kids, because they were still little
1: when that happened. It was really sad, despite his abuse um <laughs> yeah yeah he he got sick and died really quickly yeah that was so sudden mm-hmm.
0: and also that mass for like his celebration of life was like packed remember the church was like packed with people
1: yeah it was which
0: was kind of nice to see but
1: yeah Oh my god, this was something else. He came to a party at my house once. That's not surprising. (laughs) And he told my mom that her outfit reminded him of an elf. Hmm. Interesting. Is that supposed to be like a compliment or... (laughs) That was her response too. Yeah, and I think... I was there briefly and he was just like at my house. It was really Was it really the St. Patrick's Day party? It was like this Christmas time fundraiser. They had a couple times. Oh. Oh my god, it was horrible cuz people would get so drunk and like all the priests would come and they would get drunk too. Yeah. Gross. <laughs> Even like the priest god what was his name the one without a leg
0: is that the same one that was like running away from going to prison in rome or something because he killed someone
1: he was running
0: from the law he was welsh right he was from wales yeah i don't he was boring as fuck i don't think i ever attended any of his masses so i actually don't even know what he looks like he wasn't bad looking Yeah, everybody thought he was hot. And I'm like, settle down. He's a priest. Gross.
1: Thanks for listening to our sixth episode of Jezebel and Friends. To learn more, follow our Jezebel and Friends account on Instagram.